Welcome to Daily Devoted. My name is Meshach Canyon. Thank you for joining me on this podcast that's about the kingdom of God and our place in it. Today we are going to wrap up Daniel chapter 5 verses 13 all the way through 31. So it's pretty lengthy. I'm not going to read it. Uh, Please press pause and read it if you aren't familiar with the story. This is the second half of the encounter between Belshazzar and the, the writing that appeared on the wall. Remember in the first 12 verses, Belshazzar's throwing a party. He's trying to show off for his friends. And so he orders that um, some of the dishes that were sacred to the Israelites, some dishes that were stolen from the temple when King Nebuchadnezzar besieged Jerusalem, he orders that those sacred dishes be brought to the party so they can be used to get drunk. So essentially he's treating them like red solo cups. And uh, this is offensive to say the least and it also reveals the kind of character king belshazzar has and it reveals the regard he has for the israelites uh, and all the exiles in babylon so you know when when he does that when he um drags god's name through the mud through his actions and belittles the people of god god sends this handwriting on the wall king belshazzar summons all his wise men to try to interpret it uh, but shocking, none of them can, you know, as, I, as I'm thinking about it, his wise men in Babylon are pretty useless. They haven't been able to do one thing in this story. I'm sure they did other things, uh, but those aren't accounted for here. The things that God is doing, they're not able to do. Ooh, that's a sermon right there, man. Worldly wisdom can take you so far. But when it comes to discerning what God is doing, worldly wisdom falls short. That's where you need discernment. That's when you, where you need revelation. Oh, I, I got to preach on that sometime. But anyways, that's for That's for another time. And so here we are. Uh, King Belshazzar, he's he's his legs are shaking. He probably uses the bathroom on himself. And then the queen mother, uh, who was probably King Nebuchadnezzar's wife, um, calls, uh, or she, she kind of comforts Belshazzar, letting them know that even though the wise men that he summoned aren't capable of solving this riddle, there's a man named Daniel that King Nebuchadnezzar really trusted and respected, and he is capable. So Belshazzar summons Daniel. And I, I just want to point out a few things before we get to the interpretation. One, Belshazzar continues to show the utter disregard he has for Daniel. Verse 13, listen to how Belshazzar greets Daniel. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king answered and said to Daniel, you are that Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king my father brought from Judah. Now, what do you immediately sense in this greeting? Now, come on now. I mean, that's that's almost like if uh if someone who's accomplished, maybe a Nobel Prize winner comes in that was from uh, low beginnings. And instead of you recognizing them for all they've accomplished, you just say like, hey, man, aren't you? You're that kid from the hood, right? Completely discounting all their accomplishments. It's, it's really a sign of disrespect. You are that Daniel who's just one of the exiles that we dragged over here from Judah. So Belshazzar keeps on kind of showing his hand, right? And he it's it's almost like even though he's afraid, his disdain for the exiles is is really causing him to to not demonstrate any kind of humility. And so he 
you know, he, he goes on and asks Daniel to interpret and then listen to Daniel's response. And this is something that is not only for every Christian leader, but every leader, everyone in a position of authority. After Belshazzar offers him all of the, uh, the purple and the gold and the leadership position in verse 17, hear Daniel's response. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. So he's essentially like, hey, you can't buy me. You cannot buy me. There's nothing you have that can that you can give me that will put me into your favor. I cannot be bought. Now, what does it take to have that kind of character and disposition? You know, whatever it takes, that's something that we need in our politics. It's something that we need in our churches and in every position of authority, because we've seen so much corruption over the last well, hundreds of years. Ever since leadership became a thing, leaders have been swayed by the allure of power and money and privilege and sex and things like that. But here Daniel is he he cannot be swayed. Why is that? I think the reason that he's not swayed is because he understands where true wealth and where true riches come from. The true wealth and the true riches, indeed, the true power isn't that that can be bestowed from another person. But true riches comes from God. True power comes from God. You know, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite verses in the Bible. First uh, Kings chapter 17, when Elijah shows up. Uh, to tell King Ahab that there's not going to be any rain. Maybe some of you guys remember what Elijah said. Said, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives before whom I stand. There's not going to be any rain until I say so. He was able to say that in front of King Ahab because he knew he stood before God. And when you stand before God, there's nobody on earth, no king, no president, no emperor, Regardless of how much power they have, no one's going to make your knees tremble. And that's that's how Daniel is. He understands true, true riches, true power, true love, true authority. And so he tells King Belshazzar, you can't buy me. You know, he's still going to interpret the dream. But Belshazzar is going to know that it wasn't his power and authority that got this interpretation. Daniel did it just because of the kind of person Daniel is and the God that he serves. And so here we go with the interpretation. So Daniel, well, first of all, Daniel reminds him, this is almost like a history lesson that that never can, that King Belshazzar really would have known about. But Daniel's going to take the time to remind him about how his father was and the fact that God is the one that used his father to establish the kingdom of Babylon uh, such that it was for Belshazzar to inherit. But listen to verse 20. When his heart, meaning Nebuchadnezzar, was lift, was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down from his kingly throne and his glory was taken from him. What's he saying to Belshazzar? He's like, listen, just look through your family lineage. Nebuchadnezzar became great because of God. But when he began to think that his greatness was because of himself, his greatness was taken from him. God humbled him. He's roaming around like a beast in the field uh, for seven seasons until he realized that it's God that gives the kingdom, the kingdom of, of uh, men and sets over them whoever God wants to. And then he says to Belshazzar, you, his son, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. 
I think one of the most contrived statements is, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. Belshazzar didn't learn from history. And I think most of human history, we haven't learned. We see the allure that comes from bad behavior, from being prideful, from lying, from lust, from cheating. We see the rewards that sin gives to people. And so we stop looking there. Then we travel along the same path. We don't see the destination that sin leaves people in. Let me use this example since it just popped into my mind. We will see, for example, that the prodigal son went off into a far country and had a really good time. And before looking at the end of the story, people will then begin to model their lives after the prodigal son and go off into the far country to have a good time. What we need to do is look further. How did their story end? Do we want to end up in a pigsty of a situation? In Belshazzar's case, do I want to be made into a beast of a man roaming around, uh, acting crazy, eating grass like animals do? Belshazzar, he knew the history, but he didn't learn from the history. And I think that's something for all of us, too, man. We, you know, unfortunately, not only nations, but individuals, we don't learn from other people's mistakes. And that is not a sign of wisdom. A sign of wisdom is to allow the story of other people to inform us so that we can make different mistakes as we're going on along our journey so that we can learn from what they did. And once we enter uncharted territory, we can try to trust in God. Sure, we'll make mistakes, but let them be different mistakes. So that's the position that Belshazzar is in. He's trapped. He didn't learn. And now, because he didn't learn from everything that happened in chapter four, the end result for him is going to be different. So Daniel then comes to the interpretation. Then from his presence, meaning God, the hand was sent and this writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed. Many, many tekel parson. The interpretation means many. God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Paris, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Man, that's deep, man. That is deep. God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. This, again, I, I mentioned this the other day, but it's, it reminds me of the parable of the rich fool who had a whole bunch of money and instead of being generous with it, Instead of honoring God, he built, he tore down his barns and built bigger barns. And then God comes to me and he says, you fool, this night, your very soul will be required of you. Many, many tekel parson. That's what happened to King Belshazzar here. Well, that very night, as it says in verse 30, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king was killed and Darius, the Mede received the kingdom being about 62 years old. If you don't learn from history, you are doomed to repeat it. Now, we don't have illustrious kingdoms, not like Belshazzar, not like King Nebuchadnezzar, but we do have kingdoms. I am the king of my kingdom. You are the king or queen of your own uh, kingdom. The question is, how will you manage your kingdom? 
as one who gives glory and honor to God, who gives kingdoms to kings and queens, or as Belshazzar, who thought that I got to the place I am because of my power, because of my strength, I earned it, I did it my way. Imagine that as a, that's really indicative. The fact that that song is one of America's, um, you know, the, the great songs that kind of describe our national identity. I did it my way. It's not a good thing. We should be able to say I did it God's way. And all praise and honor and glory be to God who set me in my life and gave me wisdom and authority and everything good that I have. That way we won't end up as Belshazzar did, being humbled, but maybe we can end up as King Nebuchadnezzar did, being exalted because we serve and honor an exalted God. Heavenly Father, teach us to learn from history. That's one of the gifts of the Bible is we get to learn from people's stories, but at least we get to read people's stories. By your Holy Spirit, help us learn from their stories as well. In Jesus' name, amen.